truth. And that's the remnant. He says, if my people, if my people, he didn't say the whole church. He didn't say those who've got their name on the church. Well, if my people will humble themselves and pray and seek my face, turn from their wicked ways. He said, I will heal the land. And what uh, Murillo said was that God is raising up a remnant of people. You know, we had a message back in the fall. I asked you, are you a part of the remnant? Are you a part of the remnant? You have to decide that for yourself. We are dedicated to committing ourselves to prayer and fasting for our church, for our nation, for our church and our nation. But it's not the popular thing. Everybody wants to be so politically correct that we just, we're bringing destruction everywhere we turn. We're afraid to say anything that's going to be offensive because, but you know, I'd rather offend somebody out of hell, wouldn't you? I'd rather offend someone out of hell. When we stand before God, you know, there's a reason he says few there are who find it. That scares me. I'm t- I've said this before. He said there's going to be a lot that's going to try to get into the kingdom, but he says only few are going to find it. Jesus said that. That's scary, isn't it? When you look at the church today and 78% of the people in our nation say, oh, I'm a Christian. They don't know what it means to be a Christian. But when you go back and you apply biblical principles to what it means to be a believer, you're talking about 6 7% maybe, according to one stat I read. It's a serious matter to seek God with all of our heart. We're also starting on Thursday something called face-to-face. It's also Zoom, and it's also in that same email that you got. So if you didn't get it, let me know. There might be a reason on my end that you didn't get it. I'm just using emails I have. But it's for those who really want to become intimate and walk in that intimacy, enjoy that dynamic intimacy of a life with God. And that happens through effort. That happens through effort. And, you know, in that one scripture, I believe it's in Luke 23, maybe, he says, work hard to enter. Work hard to enter in. That blows some people's theology right out the window. To, what do you mean work hard? Jesus says work hard to enter in. So it is, It is a. you know, we're not trying to put a burden. Jesus' burden is not heavy at all. You know what's hard? You know what's hard is oppression. You know what's hard is babies being murdered. What's hard is our kids growing up with this, with this, uh, Stuff that's being done. That's hard. What's hard is, is oppression and slavery and bondage. That's what's hard. Poverty is hard. Serving the Lord is easy. And we need to, we need to know what His Word says. And we believe the Word. Let me tell you, Impact Church is a, a, a church of the Word. We believe in the Word. We teach the Word. We don't want anything except the Word. And there's a lot of times I get texts and calls through the week and I'll tell people, it's the word, it's the word. You've got to get into the word. It's not just to do what I want to do and God's go, oh, God's grace covers everything. God's grace covers his word. God's grace will cover his word. And if we don't want his word, then we don't want God. Jesus says, if you love me, you will obey me. I mean, that's pretty, I mean, is that politically correct? Well, it's to what he said. That's what he said. And he didn't make any excuses. He didn't have plan B. I am the way, the truth, and the life, he said. No man comes to the Father but by me. That's what he said. So we either believe it or we don't believe it. And we have a choice. And so today I'm going to talk to you about living the blessed life. We're going to begin. I'm going to cover the blessed life all through April, leading up to Pentecost. But I want you to take a minute and I want you just to, to dream. You know, in, on Wednesday nights we're, we're looking at I am Joseph and last week we looked at how everybody has a right to dream. God gives you a right to dream. This Wednesday we're going to be looking at the delays in dream. Why are our dreams delayed? That's going to be on Wednesday night, but I'm going to give you some hints even today. This is another message, but, but I want you to dream of what would your family look like if you had 
all obstacles removed? What would your family look like? What would your finances, just take a minute, what would your finances look like? What would your marriage look like? What would your children, what would your ministry and your business, your job look like if you could just throw out all the barriers and you could just paint this beautiful picture? What would it look like? You're saying, oh, that's pie in the sky, Donna. No, let me tell you, Psalm 37, 4 says, those who delight in the Lord, God will give you the desires of your heart. Now, I believe that means God will give you the desires he wants you to have. He's not going to give you any old desire you want, like I've said it before, your neighbor's husband or wife. That's not what I'm talking about. But God will give you his desires for your heart. This is why you can never be all you're supposed to be until you're in relationship with Christ, because you don't know what you're supposed to be. You don't know who you're supposed to be. You don't know what you're supposed to be doing. And outside of the relationship with him, at best, you're going to limp along through life. You might have some measure of success. But you're going to be successful at the wrong thing. I can assure you. But I want to ask you, are you living the blessed life? And you might say, well, I've got $100,000 in the bank. I'm blessed. Not necessarily. A lot of people have money, but they're not blessed. Their marriages are falling apart. Their children are going nuts. Their health is falling apart. I wouldn't call that blessed. And a lot of people might have great health and they're poor as old church mouses that's going, saying goes. That's not being blessed. Or they might have money in the bank and they might even have good health, but their children and their lives are falling apart. Their jobs are falling apart. That's not being blessed. And being blessed is not just about money, but it does include money. And, you know, we've lived in a nation that has been blessed because we did a lot of things right. You can't do, if you study American history, this is why this agenda of this force, and it's an evil force, it's not a person, it's an evil force wants to destroy the history of America because they want to eradicate the founding of our nation. It was founded on biblical principles. If we eradicate the history, see, we can create any future we want to create. We've got to get something, you know, we've got to think about what we're saying and thinking and doing. But we live in a nation that's been blessed because we did a lot of right things and we're in the midst of losing it because we're doing a lot of wrong things now. And the church is jumping on board. And I believe we'll be blessed again because I believe in the church. I believe in the remnant church. And I believe the remnant church is not going to allow the powers of darkness to rule this nation. Go through some moments for it, yes. I believe there's persecution coming, yes. Are you, but only the remnant's going to be able to stand up. If we can't withstand persecution today, what's it going to be like when it really becomes serious? Just something to think about. I believe we're going to be blessed again because the power and truth of God's word is undeniable. I was on a web uh, conference this past week, this weekend, yesterday, with women all over the country, 40 women all over the world, actually, all over the world. And we were talking and, and, you know, we had an opportunity to share what had been going on in the last year. And I tell you, Christian women, I couldn't believe all the woe is me, poor pitiful me stories. I didn't hear them all. And I, I was almost embarrassed to say it was a great year for us. <laughs> great. God's doing great things in our life. You know, the church is stronger than it's ever been. You don't measure strength by numbers. You measure it by power. Sometimes you have to get rid of weakness in order to have power, Right. You have to eliminate some things. You have to prune some things. The church is stronger than I think it's ever been since I've been here. That's been a long time. Our businesses are going well. We can't find enough people to do the work. And every day seems like a new opportunity. 
So I said, you know, we just proclaimed that we're people of Goshen. That's what we proclaimed. We just proclaimed that we're in a Joseph season and we're asking God to give us wisdom on how to prepare for what's coming because we knew a year ago something was coming. And it has yet to come. So we listened to what the word of God said. We heard very clearly last March. He said, a line is being drawn in the sand. You've got to decide which side you're going to step on. Some have chosen the right side. Some have not. Some have bowed their knee to fear. But I want us to realize, realize that as we as individuals can live the blessed life. We can't say the church is blessed if the people in the church aren't blessed. It's the sum of the parts that equals the whole, right? And many Christians do not experience a blessed life. They may feel they are blessed in one area, but not in others. And that is absolutely may be the truth. They may have a measure of success in one area, a blessing, and, and they may not have it in other areas. So what does it mean to be blessed? And I'm going to take you back to Genesis 1. You know, we always go back to the first time a word is mentioned in Scripture. If you want to know what God intends about something, go back to the first time you see it in Scripture. And I actually, was, it hasn't been too long ago that I actually brought this Scripture before you, so I'm just going to explain it a little more today. And then we're going to jump off into something else. But in Genesis 1.28, it says, And God blessed them. Who is them? Us, mankind. And God blessed them. Barak, remember we talked about that last a couple about a month or so ago. And God said to them, be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea, the birds of the heavens, over every living thing that moves on the earth. So God said in our DNA is his blessing. So God expects us to be blessed. If your child has the ability to make good grades, don't you expect them to make good grades? See, Jeremy got a raise because he went in and he took the responsibility and he did a good job because he was capable. And that's what was expected. Now he's being rewarded for it. See, God expects you to be blessed, and there's a reason for that. So what are the results of blessing? Let's just identify these five things. He said, first, you're to be fruitful. That means that you produce good results. You produce good results. That you reproduce yourself. You should have offspring. That you're to be fruitful, not just in your body, but also in whatever you do. Number two, he says, you're to multiply. And that word multiply, what does it mean? To, um, addition and multiplication are two different things. Would you rather your uh, checking account add up or multiply up? <laughs> multiply up, right? Because that, to multiply means to cause to increase greatly. To cause to increase. So in everything we do, we should see an increase, not a decrease. Right? And then it says, and you're to fill the earth. That word fill means to cause to become full to the extent that you're never lacking anything. I wonder, does this describe who you are? Number four, and he says, and to subdue. It means to overcome, to quieten, or to bring under control. That word actually means that you're to, it carries the meaning of bringing something under control that is antagonistic against you. And we've talked about this before, that even, you know, sometimes we think, well, Adam and Eve just had walking through the tulips, tiptoeing through the tulips. But that, you know, God put them in the garden knowing there was an antagonist there in the garden. He said, but your job is to subdue it. And then he said, and have dominion over everything. The word dominion means sovereignty, supreme power, or authority. Does that sound familiar? Does that sound familiar? Jesus says, I've given to you all authority. 
Do we walk in it? Do we act like it? The word, that word bless is a word barak or bareka, if I'm pronouncing it correctly in the Hebrew. And this is what it means. This is out of theological word book. You've heard this before. To bless in the Old Testament means to endure with power for success, prosperity, fecundity, longevity, etc. To endure with power. So inside of every one of us, we have the ability, the potential, the power to be successful to be prosperous, to be fruitful. That's what fecundity means. That word also means not only just fruitfulness with with your offspring, but fruitfulness with ideas. You should have plenty of great ideas. Is that how we're living? Is that how we're living? Well, let's look at how what a blessing really looks like. We look at Deuteronomy 20. These are all very, very familiar scriptures. Deuteronomy 28. And look at all the if words that we find in Deuteronomy. I'm going to read the first 13 verses. This is what we're supposed to look like. It says, and if you faithfully obey the voice of the Lord your God. Does that sound familiar? If you faithfully obey. Being careful to do all his commandments that I command you today, the Lord will set you high above all the nations. Now, who's going to set you high? The Lord is. You don't have to strive to get there. God's going to set you high. And it says, and all these blessings shall come upon you and overtake you. You don't chase blessings, they chase you. We got to understand this. We don't chase blessings, they chase. It's a natural result of everything we do is blessing. If you have a job, you're blessed. If you have money, it's blessed, maybe. And we'll talk about that in a minute. If you have a business, it's blessed. If you have a church, it's blessed. If you have a prayer life, it's blessed because in you is the DNA for blessing. And then it says these blessings shall come upon you and overtake you. If, there again, you obey the voice of the Lord your God, blessed shall you be in the city. The city and field represent your overall favor and blessing of God wherever you work. And blessed shall you be in the field. Blessed shall be the fruit of your womb. That's your children, the fruit of your ground, the fruit of your cattle. That's your income. The increase of your herds and the young of your flock. Blessed shall be your basket and your kneading bowl. That's the the stuff you need to be blessed. In other words, if you have a a job, you have the ability within you to make that job a blessing. If you have a business, you have the resources you need to be blessed in that. Make sense? Blessed shall you be when you come in. Blessed shall you be when you go out. See, coming and going, you're getting blessed. The Lord will cause your enemies who rise up against you. He didn't say if they rise up against you. He said who rises up against you. How many knows you have enemies? How many knows on the job you're going to have an enemy? On the business you're going to have an enemy. Somebody's going to be jealous. In the church you're going to have an enemy, but they don't stay here long, right? No, we don't put up with it. But the Lord will cause your enemies who rise up against you to be defeated before you. See, the the Lord's going to bring them to shame in front of you. They should come out against you one way and flee before you seven ways. The Lord will command the blessing. Here it is again. God commands his blessing on you. If all you got to do is be obedient. All I have to do is be obedient. God commands the blessing. We should walk around fully expecting blessing unless we're in disobedience. And there's lots of ways we can be in disobedience, especially in today's world. One of the ways is just believe in the lie. That's disobedience. Getting caught up in fear. That's disobedience. That's not, that's sin. God gave us a spirit, not a spirit of fear, but of what? Power, love, and a sound mind. The only thing that pleases God is what? Faith. 
Your works don't please God. They don't impress God. You're, you're, nothing impresses God but your faith, right? And so as, and then it goes on to say, the Lord will command the blessing on you in your barns and in all that you undertake. And he will bless you in the land the Lord your God has given you. God is doing this for us. God is blessing us. You know, it reminds me of Psalm 1 that says, whatever you put your hands to will prosper. Every, you should fully expect everything you do to prosper. Do you? I'm just going to ask you, do you? You should. Do you expect everything you, that you do to prosper, what you put your hands to? What has God given you? He's given you a job. He's given you a home. He's given you a family. He's given you church. He's given you friends. He's given you finances. Are you blessed in those areas? Romans eight twenty eight says, We know that for those who love God, all things work together for good, that those who are called according to his purpose. See, we want to we want to we want to quote that scripture. All things work together for good, but we want to leave out that last part for those who are called according to his purpose. What does that mean? Those that are working in obedience and in cooperation with God. That's what that means. So if you're not doing that, don't expect to, to have all things working together in your benefit. See, when you're co laboring with God, you boy, what a benefit, what an advantage you have. What an advantage you have. Then verse 9 says, The Lord will establish you as a people holy to himself. You know, it's kind of like, we, we, you know, it's really easy. I just do what he says and then he takes care of everything else. <laughs> how, how, I mean, how great is that? As he swore to you, if you keep the commandments of the Lord your God and walk in his ways, and all the people of the earth shall see that you are called by the name of the Lord and they shall be afraid of you. We had a high up in the city tell us, we know, he said, we want you to use every tool in your bag and we know what your tools are. Use them and we're going to pay you for it. See, they know who, who, who is blessing us. They know why we get results. We know what's in your tool bag. Use it and we're going to pay you for it. That's God's blessing, isn't it? And then it goes on to say, the Lord will make you abound in prosperity. Do you see anything about lack or just getting by or just squeaking by here? Well, it doesn't say, except in times of COVID, of course. He doesn't say, or just in, you know, if famine's going on, forget it. You know, we're going to put this on hold. He doesn't say that. He says, you're going to abound in prosperity and the fruit of your womb, the fruit of your livestock, the fruit of your ground within the land that the Lord swore to your fathers to give you. The Lord will open to you his good treasury, the heavens. Boy, that should excite us. The Lord's going to open his good tray, the heavens to give rain in his season. How about the, how about the heavens that we need to come down in our lives and our children? I'm praying all the time, God release, open the heavens over my children, over my grandchildren, over all my extended family and over people in the church, you know. God, shake them up, wake them up, knock them up, whatever you got to do, Lord, to get their attention. Help them, Lord. But he'll open his good treasury to give the rain when it's needed. And the, and to bless, and I put in parentheses, the Lord, to bless all the work of your hand. See, here again, it's what we put our hands to that God blesses. God's not blessing laziness, let me tell you. If you're dependent on welfare and you're able to work, God ain't going to bless it. Now, if you're not able to work, that's a different story. But if you're able to work, we know a lot of people, we see a lot of people all the time come through our doors. And they're healthier than most of the people in there that are coming to see. And they're waiting on their checks to come in. And I, I mean, I'm telling you, I'm all for helping people if they need it. But I'm not for helping people that don't need it. I don't see anywhere in Scripture that God does for you what you can do for yourself. I don't see it anywhere. Maybe I missed it. If I have, let me know. 
God's, he says, I know I have a good welfare for you. That's, that's in Jeremiah 29, 11. My, I have plans for welfare, but that doesn't mean a check. What that means is a good outcome. But you know, there's nothing more, there's nothing more uh, rewarding than to accomplish something. Right? God put it in us to accomplish something, to be doers. God put that inside of us, to have vision, to have destiny. God didn't just put it in us to sit around on the couch watching TV and eating potato chips and getting fat and unhealthy and then come into the church every Sunday to ask God to heal us. He didn't do that for us. He didn't do that. It says, and the Lord will make, and let me back up, and you shall lend to many nations, but you shall not borrow. And the Lord will make you the head and not the tail. And you shall go up and not down if you obey the commandments of the Lord your God, which I command you today, being careful to do them. You know, in Genesis 39, Potiphar noticed that whatever Joseph did prospered, didn't he? He noticed that. What did Laban tell Jacob? I know I'm blessed because you're here. Everywhere you go, wherever you work, your company should be blessed because you were there. Your company should be blessed because you were there. The Lord will make you the head and not the tail. And God's people are never to be under, but always over. And God's desire for every one of us is to be blessed, to be prosperous, to be healthy, to be ruling in life. And all of that is available to us if, if. How many of you believe that these same blessings are for you today? Anybody not believe that? Well, I'm going to convince you before you're gone. Let me tell you, God's blessing includes money. And, you know, we have always, the church especially, oh, we don't talk about money because, you know, people think you're trying to get their money. I don't want your money. God needs your money. God wants your money. He doesn't need it. You need for God to have your money. You need for God to have your money. Deuteronomy 15, 4 and 5. This has been our reading maybe a week or so ago. And this really is kind of what got me to thinking in this line here. It says, verse 4 says, There should be no poor among you. There should be no poor among you. In the church, there should be no poor among us. Now, is there going to be poor? Yeah. Just like there's going to be sick. There's going to be people that aren't doing what they should be doing. Sickness happens. Things happen. But God says there shouldn't be any poor among you. And this is why. He says, for the Lord your God will greatly bless you in the land he has given you as a special possession. God's intention was never for you to be poor. And it's not for you today to be poor. His intention is to bless you greatly. Not just to bless you, but to bless you greatly. Wherever he puts you. What did he tell Joshua? Everywhere you step your foot, I've already given it to you. It's yours. Be strong and of good courage. Take what I've given to you. He says, you're going to receive this blessing if... You are careful to obey all the commands of the Lord your God that I'm giving you today. So part of the reason people are in poverty is they don't obey the commands of the Lord. Right? People come to me all the time about, why is this happening? Why is that happening? And I look at their life and they're they're living in sin. And I'm thinking, you need to get in the Word. You need to get in a church. You need to be, you know, turning your life around. Well, that's too hard. Everybody does it. I said, well, everybody's poor that does it too. Proverbs 10.22. Let me back up a minute. God does not intend for poverty like he does not intend for sickness. 
Poverty is not holiness. Poverty is a curse. Just read the rest of chapter 28. Poverty is a curse. It's not a blessing. It's not holiness. And what is a curse is an assignment of evil against us. But you know what? There's no weapon formed against us that will prosper if we know who we are. If we know that we have it, what did he say? You take dominion and do take authority. What did the devil do with Eve? He convinced her God was holding out on her. What did she do? She went after his lie. So immediately she fell under the evil assignment of Satan. Too often people come into covenant with the enemy and they believe a lie rather than the truth. Too often people will come into covenant with the enemy. This is disobedience. See, when you believe I can't do any better because my family's never done any better and I can't do this and I'm not smart enough, you don't have to be smart enough. God's smart enough. Remember, you are working with God to accomplish what His will is. I've told story after story so many times, even when I was in college and I was working through my physics class and and I just praying, God, what, what do I need to study? And he would show me what I need to study on my exam. And sure enough, that was the exam. Then I go into the lab and I'm trying to develop a product. I'm just hung and I say, okay, God, what can I need to do? And, he, and I, I remember one time walking into the lab and he told me, try this. And I tried it. It worked like a charm. We sold thousands and thousands of gallons of it to Millican down in Spartanburg. Filed a patent on the product. See, God will make you look really smart. And you say, and, and so the guy, well, Donna, how'd you do that? I would say, well, God told me, but that wasn't going to fly. I just said, well, you know, it's trade secret. I can't really discuss it. <laughs> I'm telling you, God will make you look good. God will give you ideas. I'm going to give you a scripture where he gives you witty ideas and witty inventions. That's because he wants to accomplish his purposes in your life. He'll teach you how the best, have the best of whatever you're doing. And you can be the best. Whoever we follow, we in essence worship. Whoever we follow, we worship. You know, there are some that are born into sickness and there's some that are born into poverty, but I'm telling you, you don't have to stay there. You don't have to stay there. When we become a child of God, we become a different person. We're in a different family. We're blessed by God. We're transferred out of the realm of the curse into the realm of life. The scripture tells us. I want to ask us, who are we agreeing with? Do we agree that we have to be sick? Do we agree that we have to be poor? Now, let me clear up one other thing. You've got to balance all this out, right? You can come up here and we can pray for you until the cows come home. i got all these old sayings coming up. But if you go back and you don't do what you know you need to do for your body, you're inviting, you're opening a door for the enemy. We all do that. If we're not careful, say so God will give you the wisdom to stay healthy. He'll give you the, you can, be, you can have $10,000 in your checking account and blow it the next day. God will give you the wisdom for prosperity. He'll give you the wisdom for, for health. Are we walking in obedience to the commands of the Lord? Sometimes God will spew. you. Like he spoke to my husband back in the 90s and said, Terry, you need to buy some Krispy Kreme stock. Did he listen? No. What was it, the next month or week or whatever? It doubled and doubled and doubled. We would be fat and happy right now. Fat and happy. (laughs) Donna T. told me Roger heard the same thing, and what did he do? Nothing. (laughs) Sometimes God is trying to direct you or us. But see, we look at, we say, oh, that's never going to amount to anything. 
Who, that's not going to amount to anything. That doesn't have a history. God's saying, go buy some Krispy Kreme stock. See, it's not all chapter and verse, is it? Sometimes it's Holy Spirit leading and guiding us into truth. That's what we have to understand. Are we walking in obedience? Proverbs 8.21 says, Those who love me inherit wealth. Oh, let me go back to 10.22. The blessings of the Lord makes a person rich, and he adds no sorrow to it. Now, you can spiritualize that all you want to. That word means wealth. Oh, that means rich in, in favor, rich in spiritual understanding. No, it means stuff. Proverbs 8.21, those who love me inherit wealth and I will fill their treasuries. It means stuff. God cares. As long as stuff doesn't have us, he doesn't care how much stuff we have. But most of the time we get all wrapped up in stuff and our hearts get greedy. And I'm going to show you how we can tell that in a minute. And so what does he do? He has to start withholding. Deuteronomy 8.18, you shall remember the Lord your God for it is he who gives you the power, the ability... To get wealth. That word wealth means power, prosperity, position, property, stuff. It's the Lord God who gives you the power to get wealth that he may confirm his covenant when he swore to your fathers as it is this day. See, whatever you're planning to do, God expects you to be the most prosperous and blessed doing it. If you have a dream to do something, and you might say, well, no, but that's silly. Not if God gave you the dream. God will give you the desires of your heart. And you should fully expect that you're going to be prosperous and blessed in it. Not, not out of greed, not out of look at me, not out of pride. You're going to be blessed so you can bless the kingdom. He'll give you position. He'll position you for wealth. He'll position you for favor. He'll put you in, in the place where you need that favor from someone. He will do it. And God has given to each one of us a vehicle to obtain wealth. He's given us a vehicle to obtain wealth. And this is the part that usually makes people squirm. So go ahead and squirm and get it out of you. (laughs) Of course, I don't think any of you guys have to worry about this. I don't think anybody online needs to worry about it, but hopefully not. But this vehicle is a principle, and it's a spiritual law, and it's called the tithe. Malachi 3. It says, for I, the Lord, do not change. Therefore, you, O children of Jacob, are not consumed. For the days of your father, you have turned aside from my statutes and have not kept them. Return to me, and I will return to you, says the Lord of hosts. But you say, how shall we return? Will God, but you say, how shall we return? Will man rob God? Yet you are robbing me. But you say, how have we robbed you? In your tithes and contributions or offerings. There's two different things, tithes and offerings. You are cursed with a curse, for you are robbing me, the whole nation of you. Bring the full tithe into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house, and thereby put me to the test, says the Lord of hosts. If I will not open the windows of heaven for you and pour out for you a blessing until there is no more need. I will rebuke the devourer for you, so that it will not destroy the fruits of your soil, and your vine in the field shall not fail to bear, says the Lord of hosts. Then all the nations shall call you blessed, for you shall be a land of delight, says the Lord of hosts. And there's some who believe that tithe is no longer required. There's some who believe that in the church. Let me tell you my story. I didn't want to believe it because I was so poor I could hardly buy groceries. When I first got born again, I was a single mother. And it's all I could do just to keep it going. And so the Lord begins to deal with me about tithing. And and I'm thinking, that is so bad that you would ask me to do this. (laughs) You know. 
And, and one day, you've heard this story, some of you, some of you haven't. One day I was in my office at work and I was reaching over, just dropping something in my trash can. I'll never forget it. And, and I heard like a yell, prove me, prove me. And I knew what God was saying, prove me. So I went home, it was a Wednesday night, and I went home and I wrote this little $50 check because that was my tithe, probably took everything I had in the bank at that time. It was a long time ago, 40 years ago, but still, if it's all you have, it's all you have. I think it left me $5 if I added everything correctly and was praying that I did. Wrote that little check, came back home, got a phone call from my ex-husband at the time who had never given me a penny. He says, I just want you to know I gave you, I sent $50 in the mail today to you. The exact same amount that was my tithe. I never got another penny after that. You think God was trying to tell me, prove me and see if I won't. I thought, well, why didn't he send 250, you know, but he didn't. It was important that he sent just what I had done. See, and so I'm thinking, you know, the tithe is really for us today. The tithe is a blessing. Robert Morris says tithing is life, not law. Tithing is life. If, he says, if something was wrong under the law, is it right under grace? Let's ask ourselves, if, the, if murder, abortion, homosexuality, lying, cheating was wrong under the law, can we make it right under grace? That's what we've done. Of course we can't. Well, if something is right under the law, can it be wrong under grace? No. The awesome thing is grace requires everything. That's, that's the awesome thing. So tithing is a principle throughout Scripture. Tithe means one-tenth. And ten is the number for testing, if you think about it. Pharaoh's heart was tested how many times? Ten times. How many commandments are there? Ten commandments. How many times did God test the Israelites in the wilderness? Ten times. How many times was Jacob's wages changed? Ten times. How many days was Daniel tested? Ten days. How many virgins were there with lamps? Ten lamps, ten virgins. And in Revelation 2, 10 talks about the ten days of testing. So the tithe is the ultimate heart test. The tithe is a faith test. It's a faith test. And the scripture clearly says if we are tithe, if we tithe, we are blessed. If we don't tithe, we are cursed. He said, that's pretty serious language, isn't it? Tithing is an act of worship. It's an act of worship. And tithing is putting God first. And in the scripture, we're going to see there's a lot of, there's power in the first. Didn't God first give his son that we could become sons of God? Yes, he did. Exodus 23, 19 says, The best of the first fruits of your ground you shall bring into the house of the Lord your God. God wants our first. That's what the tithe is, is the first tenth. Deuteronomy 26, 1 and 2 says, When you come into the land that the Lord has given you for an inheritance and have taken possession of it and live in it, you shall take some of the first of all the fruit of the ground, which you harvest from your land that the Lord your God is giving you. And you shall put it in a basket and you'll go to the place that the Lord your God will choose to make his name to dwell there. The storehouse is the church. It's the place where God has chosen for his presence and his name to dwell. And if you go, and we're not, this is not a expose or totally on tithing because you'll see the, pro, the purpose of the tithe was for the temple, for the priest. It's for the working of the ministry. That's the purpose of the tithe. Proverbs 3, 9 and 10, it says, Honor the Lord your, with your strength and the first fruits of your produce. Then your barns will be filled. Then your barns will be filled with plenty and with your vats will be with burst, bursting with wine. First are very important to God. And giving of the first fruits is an important principle. 
And I think God demands, well, what happened with Jericho? When they got ready to go into Jericho, what the, he said, this city, you don't take anything at all belongs to me. Why? It was the first. It was the first. He said, now, after that, you can have anything you want. After that, they're all yours. But Jericho was his. And what happens? What is the principle of the tithe that blesses us? I'm going to get real down and dirty in just a second, okay? The principle of the tithe is that when we give God 10%, he blesses the other 90. What did he say? He says, I'm going to rebuke the devourer for your sake. When you give, if you and I only tithe, we've done nothing except give God what is his. All we've done is give God back what is his. And there is a difference. We gave God the 10%. He rebukes the curse from the remaining 90%. So the rest gets blessed because we give to God first. And let me just read a couple of scriptures. Leviticus 27.30 says, Every tithe of the land, whether the seed of the land or the fruit of the trees is the Lord's, it is holy to the Lord. It is holy. Leviticus 27.32 says, And every tithe of herd and flocks and tenth of animal, all the pass under the herdsman's staff shall be holy to the Lord. The tithe belongs to the Lord. Just like your electric bill payment belongs to the electric bill company. How many of you have a contract with your electric company? I know you all do or you wouldn't have power. We get a bill. Ours is, comes through the Internet and, every, you know, and all this. And so if we get a bill, I think ours, I just got ours, $173, I think, for this month. It's automatically drafted, so I don't have to worry about it. So what happens? I say, oh, hmm, I don't think I'm going to give them that. I'm going to go over here, Ron and Duke, I'm just going to bless them. I'm not going to give the power bill people their, their money. You think they're going to be okay? What happens if you have a car payment? Your car, say your car payment is $100 a month, don't you wish? But say it was $100 a month. And I say, you know, I don't think I'm going to give it to them this month. I'm, I'm just going to give it to Donna. I think I'm going to take Donna out to eat. Or we're going to go to the beach. You think the car company is going to be okay with that? You're going to come home to the beach and your car is going to be gone, right? Well, God's not okay with it. We have no right to spend what is not ours. When I get that bill from the electric company, that $173 no longer belongs to me. It belongs to them. And for me to spend that is wrong, Right? If I have a car payment, it's no longer right for me to spend that money. It belongs to them. God said, if we pay him what is his, then he'll bless the rest. Don't you want him to bless the rest? Don't you want him to bless the rest of what you have? That's the tithe. Now, what's the other part? The offerings. Giving releases the abundant harvest and financial blessings. This is what I believe. Because I've just observed it, and I could be wrong. I'm telling you, I could be wrong. But I've observed this. If you only tithe and you don't give, you're only to a much less measure. I've seen it. If we only tithe and we don't give. See, God blesses the 90% so we can take that 90% and bless others. Proverbs twenty eight twenty seven says, Whoever gives to the poor will lack nothing, but those who close their eyes to poverty will be cursed. He doesn't say, Whoever gives to the poor will lack nothing unless they tithe. If you don't give to the poor. Deuteronomy 15, 7, 11, he says, Now there's going to be poor people with you. But if there are any poor Israelites in your towns when you arrive in the land you're, the Lord your God has given you, do not be hard-hearted. Don't be tight-fisted. Don't gripe about it help them 
Instead, be generous and lend them whatever they need. Do not be mean-spirited and refuse someone a loan because the year for canceling debts is close at hand. If you refuse to make the loan and the needy person cries out to the Lord, you'll be considered guilty of sin. That's serious, isn't it? You see how God looks at giving to the needy? One of the reasons we are so blessed as a church is because all of you are so free to give. Look what we've done just in 2020 when we shouldn't have, when everybody else is complaining, I don't have this, and people, business falling apart. I heard this last night, and churches are closing and all this. You guys were sending money, $10,000 almost to Africa to build a home for girls because you're blessed, because you give. And I don't know, anybody gave it out of their tithe, came out of your, your, your excess. And then it says, Give generously to the poor, not grudgingly, for the Lord your God will bless you in everything you do. You see what happens? We give, we get blessed. We give, we get blessed. But we've already given God what what belongs to Him. There will always be some in the land who are poor. This is why I am commanding you to share freely with the poor and with other Israelites in need. Tithing is a seed given to the sower so more abundance can come. 2 Corinthians tells us, Paul's taught, he says, now guys, my point is this. The person who sows sparingly, excuse me, will also reap sparingly. This is what I meant a while ago. You know, you, we give our tithe to God, that belongs to him. That, that's just non-money to me. <laughs> it belongs to God, it's not mine. You know, I don't, I don't even consider that. I don't consider it an offering. I, don't, I just give it to God because it belongs to him, just like my light payment money belongs to Carolina, whatever it is, Concord City and Water, whatever it is down here. It's not my money. It's not my money. God's money. Is, but then the rest of it is my money. And because I have given to God, he says, I'm going to take, I'm going to rebuke the devourer off the rest of this. In other words, I'm going to keep the enemy from eating up the rest of this. Wouldn't you, don't you love that? My point is this, the person who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. The person who sows generously will also reap generously. Each one of you should give just as he has decided in his heart, not reluctantly or under compulsion. Aha, that shows that's not tithing. He's not talking about tithing, he's talking about giving. It's assumed they're going to tithe. I'm going to show you that in a minute. It's just assumed they're going to tithe, just like you you know, in the New Testament. You know, people say, well, are we supposed to be fasting? Jesus said, well, when you fast... You know, some things are just assumed. This is talking about giving. And God is able to make all grace overflow to you so that because you have enough of everything in every way at all times, you will overflow in every good work. Just as it is written, he has scattered widely. He has scattered widely. He has given to the poor. His righteousness remains forever. Now God who provides seed for the sower and bread for food will provide and multiply your supply of seed. What did God promise? After you give your tithe, I'm going to open the windows of heaven and pour down rain on your land so your crops can grow. That's where your surplus comes from. And then it says, you will be enriched in every way so that you may be generous on every occasion, which is producing through us thanksgiving to God. Thanksgiving to God. Now, honey, I need a tissue. Would you mind giving me a tissue? So we have to we have to understand the excuse me, thank you. Just excuse. Me. Isn't it? Tithing reveals what the heart is in the heart. Tithing reveals what the heart obeys. It's a faith test. Giving reveals what the heart worships. I want to say that again. 
Tithing reveals what the heart obeys, but giving reveals what the heart worships. Tithing is a faith test. Giving is a love test. Matthew 23. He said, what sorrow awaits you teachers of religious law. This is Jesus and you Pharisees, hypocrites. You're careful to tithe even the tiniest income from your herb gardens, but you ignore the most important aspects of the law, the justice, mercy, and faith. What is he saying here? He says, you should tithe. Yes, but do not neglect the more important matters. He said, giving is really more important than tithing. It's just assumed we give God what belongs to him, but we don't stop giving. We cannot stop giving. Tithing is a requirement, but in our tithing, do not think that we are released of the responsibility of our fellow man, the poor, the needy, the hungry, the naked, the orphans, and the widows. When we give, we cannot assume that I've done my part. I've done my part. Jeff, I want you to come up here, please. I want to try to explain this. Terry, you're going to be, you're going to be the storehouse. Okay. Jeff, you earned $100 this week. Okay? Now, now what, part, what part belongs to God? Ten. Okay, now God can bless this, right? So you bless this, you rebuke the devourer. This can turn into any multiple multiplication of numbers, right? But what happens if you decide that you don't want to give him that? Yeah, th- this is all it's ever going to be. It's cursed with a curse. So we want to give God the 10, right? And Jeff keeps to keep the 90. Yes. It's that's, no, that's yours. It's a blessing. It's... <laughs> that's a demonstration. of. That's how, is that simple? <laughs> that's a simple, that's a simple demonstration. What you on Facebook should have been here today. Who knows who would have been chosen? It pays to come to church. But see how simple that was. You give just ten dollars, he kept ninety. That's a pretty good deal. The government wants more than ten percent, right? The government certainly wants more than ten percent. We get to keep the rest. But had we kept that, it would have been the curse would have been on the money. The curse would have been on them. We have given, I just want to keep saying this, we've given nothing if we've only given our tithe. We've only given back to God what was his to begin with. Proverbs 11, 24 and 25, this is out of today's reading, well, just the monthly proverb reading. It says, generosity brings prosperity. See, tithing, if you want to talk about it like this, tithing is paying God back. Giving is giving. Charity is giving, Right? So generosity brings prosperity, but withholding from charity brings poverty. Those who live to bless others will have blessings heaped upon them. And the one who pours out his life to pour out blessings will be saturated with favor. I'm not taking up a special offering or anything today. The baskets in the back, you know, we I don't think we've even... Other than the offerings to Africa, I haven't even mentioned hardly money. And you guys just, because you guys know, you've experienced it. You're so faithful. I appreciate that. But let me tell you, maybe some in here haven't really been understood this. Maybe you've been taught differently. It's God's will to bless you. And tithing and offerings are his vehicle. 
Tithings and offerings are his vehicle. God has God's desire is to bless us. God expects us to be blessed. It's our responsibility to be blessed. So I created for us a declaration of blessing. I want you to stand and we're going to proclaim this over our life. And I want you to take this home and I want you to speak this over your life every single day. You know, I haven't, I don't t- talk or teach much on money. And the Lord spoke to me a couple weeks ago. And he says, you're cheating the people when you don't teach them about what my word says about money. You're cheating the people. And that's true. We have such a giving church, you think, well, I don't really need to do that. But you don't know. You don't know. And this is taken out of Genesis 128. These are the first things that I gave you. But our declaration is, and I want us to read this together. I want us to declare this together. You know, in Job, is it 28 or 22, whatever it is, it says that you'll declare and it'll come to pass. That really means you decide on a matter and it will happen. You decide on a matter. When I de- let me tell you something. Back, I'm gonna go back 41 years. When I decided that I was gonna answer God's heart faith test, that's the only reason I'm standing here today. I am fully convinced. I left that job probably. Let's see, that would have been about 1979. I left it. I left in '93. I was making five to six times more than I was making at that time, plus two or three promotions. All of a sudden, I had all this favor come upon me. The reason I got free college tuition is because my boss came to me and said, we're going to pay for you to go back to school to finish your degree. It paid everything, let me off through the day. That's favor. None of that happened the years that I worked before this. See, I'm telling you, when you start trusting God, He will open up the windows of heaven for you. He will rebuke every devourer that's coming after your life, your family, your health, your finances. God's word is truth. And there's been time, has it been difficult at times? You bet. There was a period in about, I guess maybe 1987, it was really hard for some reason. I don't remember what happened. It was something was really hard, I mean, financially. So we said, we're just not going to tithe. So how long did that last? Two, two months? And we thought we were going to die at the end of the two months. So December of that year, we said, we don't care. If they come and get the car, the house, the kids, we didn't care. We're going to tithe. As my grandmother used to say, if it hair licks the, hair lips, the governor. So we began in December, the worst month of the year that you want to tithe because you have Christmas. We said, we're tithing. Within four to six weeks, everything was back to normal. I don't remember now how it all happened. But see, sometimes there's, there's these dry spells or just heart tests for us too. What are we going to do when these times of difficulty? And every one of us have times of difficulty. But God is still the same. He's, he's, what did he start out in Malachi? He said, I'm the Lord God and I don't change. I don't care what coronavirus is saying. I'm the Lord God and I don't change. I don't care what Wall Street's saying. I don't change. My promise is the same. You're a land of Goshen people. If you diligently hearken to the voice of the Lord your God. And we'll talk about next week more how we can miss it on other ways. Diligently obey the Lord our God. So let's let's proclaim. I am blessed of God. Speak with me. I am blessed of God. 
God has empowered me to produce fruitfulness in every area of my life. I am fruitful in the fruit of my body. I am fruitful in the fruit of my hands, which is my work and my finances. God has empowered me to increase greatly in all that I do. I shall always increase and not decrease, regardless of the season. I daily increase in wisdom, discernment, and new ideas to produce fruit for the kingdom and for my life to the glory of God. God has empowered me to always be full and to never lack. I will lack in no good thing because I please the Lord in all that I do. I will be so full that I will give away to make room for the new, and I will give freely to those in need around me. God has empowered me to subdue and quieten every evil force that comes against me, my children, my family, my church, my income, my city, and my nation. No weapon formed against me shall prosper, and I bring under control every thought that is inconsistent with the word and the will of God for my life. God has empowered me to rule in power and authority in life. Jesus has given to me all authority over the devil and his schemes and strategies against my life. I am the head and not the tail, and I always walk above and not beneath because I accomplish the will of God in my life. I am victorious in all I do and will never submit to the evil forces in the earth. These evil forces are underneath my feet and have no authority in or over my life. I have nothing in common with evil, and they have no power over me. I declare this based on the Word of God and in the name of Jesus. Amen. 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 So, God, we pray blessing upon every one of us, Lord. We thank you, God, that your Word is rich. Your Word is truth. Your Word never fails. Your Word is forever established in the heavens. God, we so pre- appreciate you, your love. Thank you, Father God, that regardless of where we're at today, and this is for somebody, wherever you are today, it's a new day. It's a new day. Don't look back to the past. Remember, if you, if you keep living in the past, you're never going to have a future that's different. Whatever you were doing in the past, if it's not consistent with the Word of God, change it. This is a new day. God, regardless of where we're at today, we know, Lord, you said in that place when we turn to you with all of our heart and soul, you will remember your covenant. So, God, we thank you for the word. We thank you for your covenant. We thank you for your presence. We pray blessing upon every person watching and every person traveling. We pray safe travels. In the mighty name of Jesus, have a blessed and prosperous week. Amen.